Remember the Thai cave rescue? What about the mission depicted in Black Hawk Down or the epic rescue shown in Captain Phillips? You've probably heard of all of these, but did you know that U.S. Air Force Special Warfare played a pivotal role in all of them? These airmen are the most highly trained warriors on the planet. Other forces like the SEALs and Army Rangers call on them to provide skills no one else can. Not many people make the cut, but if you think you can, visit AirForce.com to learn more. When you're selling online, getting your orders out can be a real pain. How do you keep track of who gets what? Which shipping carrier should you use? And are you getting the best rates? That's why you need ShipStation.com. It's the fastest, easiest, and most affordable way to manage and ship your orders. Just a few clicks, and you'll be managing your orders, printing out labels, and getting your product out fast to keep your customers happy. ShipStation makes it easy. And I know when I send out my Dave LaGreca guy and my Dave LaGreca girl shirts to the Busted Open Nation, I use ShipStation. No matter where you're selling, Amazon, Etsy, your own website, ShipStation brings all your orders into one simple interface, making them really easy to manage from any device, even your cell phone. No wonder ShipStation is the number one choice of online sellers. You'll ship more in less time with the best rates available. And right now, Busted Open listeners can try ShipStation free for 60 days when you use offer code BUSTED. There's absolutely no risk. You can start your free trial without even entering your credit card information. Just visit ShipStation.com, click on the microphone at the top of the homepage, and type in BUSTED. That's ShipStation.com, then enter offer code BUSTED. ShipStation.com, make ship happen. This is the Busted Open Podcast. You can listen to the full show Monday through Saturday from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern on Sirius XM Fight Nation Channel 156. Welcome to the Busted Open Podcast. This is Dave LaGreca. On today's episode, WWE Hall of Famer, the greatest tag team wrestler of all time, Bully Ray and I talk about AEW and NXT from last night. We're also joined by our regular co-host, the innovator of violence, the landlord of the House of Hardcore, Tommy Dreamer, is going to be on to talk about the situation that we're all going through. And, of course, last night with AEW and NXT. And speaking of AEW, Bully and I really get into the two debuts that we saw last night. That's right. Matt Hardy and Brody Lee. A lot going in. Unfortunately, in front of no audience except for the wrestlers on the roster that made for a very unique experience. Also, Bully and I get into everything that's going to be happening April 4th and April 5th. That's right. The breaking news came down last night. That WrestleMania is not going to be just one night, but two nights. We get into all of that right now on the Busted Open Podcast. The innovator of violence, the landlord of the House of Hardcore, Tommy Dreamer, is going to join us. Um, really looking forward to talking to Tommy. I miss talking to Tommy. That's my that's that's my brother from another mother. I mean, I love all my co-hosts. Mark's awesome. Bully's awesome. But, like, when it comes to, like, the wrestling fandom and the fact that we wear T-shirts of wrestlers every single day and the fact that we hoard 
uh, pro wrestling magazines, there's probably nobody that's more closer to me than Tommy Dreamer. And especially Tommy and I text each other on a regular basis about what territories shows that we've watched that morning on YouTube or on the WWE Network. So looking forward uh, to talking to Tommy because I definitely want to get Tommy's take on what took place on NXT and AEW. And I think I think we have Tommy with us right now. Tommy, how are you, man? Good morning. How are you? Good morning, buddy. Um, I was just talking about how you're my brother from another mother, and uh, I'm really looking forward to, uh, to talking to you this morning because, man, there is a lot to talk about. Did you have the chance to watch the shows last night? Absolutely. I do my research, especially when I know I'm calling in. Come on now. Shows were uh, two definite different shows like they usually are, and I thought, I think and the majority of people thought AEW, since it was they captured a spirit of a show with no people, even though the the wrestlers were the people uh, like no other, and the show was off the hook. Yeah, and like you said, two different shows, because when you look at AEW, that might have been one of, if not the best AEW show that we've seen so far with everything that went on. I mean, you talk about breaking news and surprises and shocks. You got that with AEW. And then with NXT, it was it was prepackaged programming, but I thought they did a phenomenal job with the whole story of Gargano and Champa, what they did with Finn Balor and Rhea Ripley. They really built the characters and personalities of what's going on with their AEW superstars, though both were completely different and one had that ultra live feel where the other one didn't. I thought they both did phenomenal jobs last night. Yeah. Um, character development is key. They spent one hour uh, on the whole Ciampa Gargano feud um, and it wasn't boring. Um, and getting that sit down perspective, uh, that was like my vision of professional wrestling in the sense of in 2020 and beyond, if I had house of hardcore as a, as a television product, because if you look at like UFC, if you look at the NFL, it's a lot of people talking about an upcoming game or match throughout the entire week. And then they play the game, the UFC shows that would air on television. uh, They're kind of the same thing. They're heavily, heavily packaged programming. And then they take you to the live event if it's a Friday night or a Saturday night. And uh, that was the feel of uh, NXT. Uh, I did love it. But, man, AEW, when you talk about surprises and even the reactions, excuse me, I wish, like we all do, that there could have been more and more fans. Because if, like, with Brody Lee's appearance, which almost had like an Undertaker uh, feel to it when he was on the screen and then he just showed up in the ring. And, you know, Matt Hardy, uh, if you that could have happened in front of the live crowd, if Vanguard 1 could have flew oh. into an arena, it would have been like an Apocalypse Now type of uh, setting. And then, but Matt Hardy just like hitting his delete pose and just still so into character that place would have been, you would have felt that electricity, but you know what? I even felt that electricity when Matt with Matt's debut and it was, uh, we wish it could be better, but the times that we're living in, we have to understand it for now, but man, what, well, that was one hell of a debut. Yeah. And, and, and when you look at that and obviously, and a lot of people said that on social media last night, Tommy, that boy, I wish this was in front of a crowd. Imagine if that was in front of 10,000 people with Brody Lee and then obviously Matt Hardy. You would have 10,000 people, you know, shouting delete in unison. And 
even though it wasn't in front of a crowd, it, it almost made that show even more special to me. And listen, the WWE has done a phenomenal job with SmackDown and with Raw. But I thought AEW, like last night, that was an extremely significant show because they pulled out all the stops, even though knowing that it wasn't going to be in front of a live audience. And like everything with blood and guts that's going to be happening. And we were all used to being probably at a sold out Prudential Center next week in Newark, New Jersey, watching that. And that's obviously not going to take place right now. It almost had that surreal kind of a backdrop to it that made it even more significant when you look at those, uh, you know, those moments that you're talking about with Brody Lee and with Matt Hardy. Yeah. And, you know, when you talk about visions, um, I remember when the first time they worked at that theater uh, in Jacksonville and Tony Khan had put it on his social media. He got that vision of wrestling from an episode of South Park. And I believe it was from South Park. I wanted to, I would double check that, but it was from, I knew cause he showed a picture of it. And then he showed a picture back to back of how he wanted this wrestling thing to look. And the first time they went there, it looked amazing. And even though, you know, last night, like I said, they had, uh, you know, they had some of the wrestlers out there being the fans. Um, Florida right now is a little different than uh, how it is here for us. And, you know, New York, New Jersey area with the whole social distancing. I think next week's show will change. It will continue to change, you know, because uh, the governor of like Tampa said, hey, we got to shut stuff down. It's going to change, but yeah, man, it, it's, it was a great show. Um, and when I want to tell you, because a lot of people say it's weird or it's it's weird without fans. I ran uh, the WWE's developmental system back in the day, OVW and uh, Deep South. Um, wrestling is like no other sport because, you know, every time when you're as a kid, if you're playing baseball, football, it's always in front of people. It could be no, like a couple of parents, but no matter where you start out, you're always performing in front of people. But for the wrestler, like I remember training and probably about like two months in you're, you're having simulated matches and there's nobody around. Sometimes I remember I would be training in Gleason's gym and there'd be boxers, but they're doing their own workouts. No one's even paying attention or there'll be times there'd be nobody in the gym. And here I'm having matches and like, Back in the day, I'd be having matches with Taz, and Taz was like, hey, I want to try this suplex thing. And we'd go out there, and we'd just go out there and do it. Um, and, you know, it's so many people nowadays, like I'll do seminars, or even when I ran the developmental system, so many people got hired off of wrestling in front of no people, and they would do their full entrance. They would do everything because... That's what they were trained to do. It's like, I have to get my job this way. It would be an audition. Uh, when I ran the developmental system, uh, Mickey James and Jillian Hall, I would always tell them, because I had three women in the developmental system at the time, and these two women, I would tell the guys, you guys need to step up because my all-stars are these two women. I remember Jillian Hall busting out a 450 in front of no people. It was wow. just some of the wrestlers, and the wrestlers were like, oh, and if you could pop the wrestlers, you're going to pop the wrestling fans at home. So they're going out there and they're performing. And, you know, later on, the wrestlers were wrestling in front of just a camera and they would send it every week to 
the WWE creative team and they would have to sit there and watch the show. And it was just in front of no people or the boys just getting involved into it for real and just clapping or, or popping for different spots. So that's why, and kudos to them. I don't think I could do it that way in the sense of, because we I've, you know, and bully, we feed off of that live crowd, that live energy. But um, it's, it's a big difference in front of, you know, no fans to, a lot of fans, but mm-hmm. we'll still go out there and perform like there's, you know, like you said, like sold out 10,000, you know, 20,000 seat arena or no fans. It's just so bizarre because like when you, you mentioned Matt Hardy, if you go back to WrestleMania 33 in Orlando when the Hardys came back in front of 80,000 fans and it was like one of the best WrestleMania moments of all time. And, you know, those fans going absolutely crazy when they saw Matt. And then you see Matt's debut last night on AEW in front of zero fans with zero reaction, but just as significant as what we saw at WrestleMania 33 because it came out of nowhere because once you saw Brody Lee earlier in the show, you're like, all right, it's not Matt Hardy. That's it. And then, you know, everybody wants to go watch his YouTube page and, and go to Matt's Twitter to find out exactly what happened. If, is he coming? Is he not coming? And like you said, you saw – you know, what we saw to end that show last night, it's just, it's just surreal that you look at the last two moments for Matt Hardy that were big. One's in front of 80,000 fans, and then the next is in front of zero fans, but as significant as the other. You know, I saw uh, earlier that Matt Hardy was trending, and it was trending the fact that he wasn't uh, the leader. And mm-hmm. I was like, wow, only Matt Hardy could trend where people saying it wasn't him. And then when he did show up later, it was like, what? I mean, it, it swerved me because I was wondering like, where the hell is Matt Hardy going to be? And I'm sure his stuff as, as Matt Hardy always does, he continues to reinvent himself. He's got a new, sh- you know, streak in his hair. Um, and he'll continue to be over, uh, the blood and guts thing. I would have to, you know, again, worry about, with you know if it's blood and guts you got to be careful because of the times that we're living in um, but they're going to go with the match maybe it's going to be a little less blood a little less guts i don't think they'd have to have any blood because of how we're dealing with uh society and you don't want to make that mistake um where it could be hurt you where you put people's health at risk but i mean it's going to come to the point where these guys got to be you know getting tested just like they said they're going to do now at wrestlemania which is you know going to be a two day affair that they're yeah. going to test the staff coming in uh to that pc pc center because the whole thing with social distancing the biggest uh and greatest part about nxt and aew last night uh I, i've talked about this with you uh off the air and and on the air it's uh there's a bit of a social pandemic as well and where we're just besieged with the coronavirus and it's trending, it's on the television, it's everywhere where you look. But yet last night for two hours, and then if you watched it like crazy, you and I do uh, another two hours after um, we forgot for a little bit or it lessened the mood. And then when I looked at stuff that was trending, it was Matt Hardy, Brody Lee, Luke Harper, AEW wrestling, Champa it made us forget for a little bit. And that's what kind of the best part about wrestling wrestling is because, you know, you and I talked about it. 
uh, I tape Sports Center. Besides Tom Brady's announcement that he's leaving the Patriots, they're not, there's not a lot to talk about. And, you know, people are being quarantined or you're staying at home. Uh, being stir-crazy isn't happening, but wrestling will uh, continue to, you know, entertain people and take our minds off it. And that's what, you know, as wrestlers, we want to do. And those two shows last night definitely did that. And like you said, to see something trending that's that's not the coronavirus, to 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 actually get a thrill like we did when we saw Matt Hardy, when we saw Brody Lee. I'm glad that we can still have those moments. And you mentioned uh, WrestleMania is going to be over the course of two nights. You know, that's going to give us a thrill when we get to April as well. Tommy, thanks so much for joining us, man. I know we're going to talk next week as well. And I truly, truly appreciate it, man. Hang in there and I, and I'll be talking to you soon. Yeah, man. And, you know, for everyone who listens to Bust It Open, we love you. Um, myself, Dave, Bully, Mark, Gabby, Marissa, everybody, the producers, we're working hard and think of all these alternative ways to keeping the show on the air because that's what we do. And a total sidebar, Dave, um, when I told you about Scott Steiner and everything that happened, literally dying on Friday, he made his show the very next Saturday. I just saw it online. Amazing. So that's what wrestlers do to perform for people and how much we love this business. So uh, we'll keep on uh, fighting the fight. And I love you guys. All right. Love you too, Tommy. Tommy, thanks so much for the time. When we come back here on Busted Open, that's right. Hall of Famer, Bully Ray, right here on Busted Open. This is Rick Campbell. Here, Tim Legler and myself react to the news that the NBA season has been suspended on Give and Go. You've got to put the brakes on it. Guys have to get tested, quarantined. Not talking about basketball, but talking about life and the impact of it on the great game that we love. It completely sucks. It's the only thing you can do. We really don't know ultimately when or if we're going to get basketball this season. Give and Go weekdays from 1 to 4 p.m. Eastern on NBA Radio Sirius 207, XM86, and on the Sirius XM app. WWE Hall of Famer, the greatest tag team wrestler of all time, the one and only Bully Ray. Bully, how are you, man? Holy crap, what an incredible night last night was. Um, I heard you and Dreamer talking about it a little bit. Uh, I'm starting off with a bang, Dave. AEW did everything and got everything right last night. What do you think, bud? I, I completely agree, and... I'll even take it a step further. When you look at the surroundings and everything that's going on in our world right now, Bully, that was one of the most significant wrestling shows that I think I may have ever seen in my 40 years as a pro wrestling fan. Like, you know, I look at the certain shows like, you know, the show that you were a part of, SmackDown, after 9-11, and to be able to have that escape and, and completely be immersed into what that show was doing and forget all the things that were going on to have exciting moments to get goosebumps. Like I did watching that show. That was a pretty damn, not only entertaining show, but I thought an important show last night. The uh, yes, the show was very important. I think when you look back 50 years from now into AEW's history, you're going to point to this night as a night where they captured uh, a wrestling audience in some of the most troubling times. Um, they did such a great job last night that they made me forget that there was not an audience there. And there's mm-hmm. two things that they did. They did something very unique, which we talked about on the show last week. They put the wrestlers in the crowd, as we all saw. And that in itself was entertaining. To see MJF and Spears interacting and betting on matches. To see 
to see Tully and Jake sitting there, and then to see the baby faces on the other side, SCU and Colt, and everybody seemed to be having a great time. And I actually should take that word seem and throw it right out the door. Everybody was having a great time. So the first thing that was unique is the boys out there. The second thing that was unique, and I'm not sure a lot of people caught this, is the way they shot the show. The hard camera shooting the stage and the Tron, reminiscent of what company, Dave? The Tron? The way they shot AEW last night with the hard camera shooting directly towards the stage, you only saw the stage and the Tron. What other company does that? Well, it it looked a little bit for me when I was watching like Impact, like how Impact shoots it a little bit, but what 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 did you think? That's the Ring of Honor shot. Yes, that's you're always right. been the Ring of you're Honor. You're right, shot. the Ring of Honor shot. You're right. And they shot it like Ring of Honor shot it because Ring of Honor was forced to shoot that way for the longest time. Why? Because of the sparseness in the crowd sometimes. Because the arenas that they were shooting in didn't look that great. And they didn't do a lot of blacking out, a lot of pipe and drape. So they would always shoot the thing that looked the best, which was the stage and the Tron and the lighting and the effects. So the Ring of Honor shot was borrowed last night by AEW. And I think it was a very, very smart move. So now I'm seeing a unique camera shot. Now I got the boys in the crowd. I, I, I have no reason to be wondering where all of these people are because I'm seeing some unique stuff right off the bat. Wow, Bully, awesome point by you because you're right. There were times, and I said it in my open, there were times during that show last night that I completely forgot that they were performing in an empty venue. And you're right. It's because of that shot because that's a shot that we're used to. I mentioned Impact Wrestling. Impact Wrestling a lot of times has that shot. But, man, you hit the nail right on the head. That's the Ring of Honor shot where they have that shot, the ring, and then you see the Tron behind the ring. You, we're used to that. That's 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 a bit of uh, comfort level and a bit of normalcy when we watch pro wrestling to get that shot. And completely the opposite of what the WWE did. And I'm not knocking on the WWE. It's just a different perspective. The WWE showed you right away that they were doing it in front of no crowd. Like when you had uh, on SmackDown, when you had Sasha Banks and Bailey coming out and they were playing to the crowd and then they actually panned to the empty seats. So right away it's the jolt of, hey, they're doing it in front of no crowd crowd and they're doing it in front of an empty venue with empty seats completely different with AEW first of all it was darkened you didn't really see the empty seats in the venue you had the wrestlers like you pointed out you had the wrestlers around the ring and then they had that shot of the ring and the Tron behind it so you could have you could have Watch that show without even knowing what's going on. You could have put that TV on and completely had the the disbelief of that they were doing it in an empty venue. And the wrestlers actually had their favorite crowd in front of them to perform in last night, in front of last night. The boys. The boys love performing for the boys. There's a lot of times that wrestlers go out there and they'll come back and they go, well, as long as I pop the boys, okay, as long as the boys like it. Sometimes we just go out there to perform for one another. Yes, we want to perform for the crowd, but we know that it's so hard to get a reaction out of each other because we've all seen it so much. 
that wrestlers go out there to perform for their other wrestlers. And last night, that's you got to see them doing that. I know Tommy was talking about how sometimes that's how you would get a tryout match. One of the most intimidating things in the WWE <clears throat> as a younger wrestler getting a tryout sometimes is about 3 or 4 o'clock in the afternoon, there would be a tryout match and your tryout match would basically be in front of the guys and gals in the locker room who were done at catering and then out in the audience. Most of the time dreamer wasn't there because he was never done with (laughs) catering, but I digress. Um, You know, so you would have to go in there and you'd as a young wrestler have to have your tryout match in front of all of these WWE superstars. And it was, and it was nothing to see Arn out there and Cena out there or Taker out there and everybody's out there and, that's an intimidating atmosphere. But with AEW, these are friends competing in front of friends, you know, coworkers competing in front of coworkers. I think they were able to feed off of that. I enjoyed the physicality that I saw in the ring. I, I, I enjoyed the attention to detail that they paid. I was, I was, uh, I think I was floored by how many things they got right last night. And I don't even care about the in-ring stuff. And on all the stuff that I saw in the ring, I really, really enjoyed because they entertained the hell out of me. When I say they got it right, that is what the wrestling world needed last night. And that is what people who might not have been able to find sports on TV last night. That was a fun two-hour ride that made me forget about coronavirus for for two hours. Yeah, and and the only regret, you know, and, and, and again, this is a small regret just based on the fact of what's going on right now, is I wish some of those moments could have been in front of, you know, five, ten thousand people because imagine what the crowd reaction would have been, especially at that end of the show with Matt Hardy and with the reveal of Brody Lee. But those are small things, man. I, I mean, I know I said it, and maybe people are taken aback a little bit by what I said, but just the significance of what that show was. And you mentioned AEW, and you know when you're going to look back for AEW 10, 15, 20 years down the road, I mean, that was the most significant show that AEW has ever done. To, to make you, Bully, forget, to make us all forget about what's going on right now, and you know that's what pro wrestling is supposed to be. It's supposed to be an escape. And the way social media is right now, and when I was watching Raw and I was watching SmackDown, I would get a lot of tweets from people saying, oh, boy, you know, like, this doesn't feel right. This doesn't seem right. I didn't get any of those tweets during that show last night. Now, maybe I got a little bit after the show and when you're kind of thinking back on what took place. But while that show was going on, I didn't see any of those tweets from the nation at all. Uh, All I saw was a bunch of positive stuff. I mean, yeah, maybe there is the one or two. I saw one this morning right before we came on on air. Somebody saying, well, the WWE uh, gave AEW a week or two week head start and they were able to, you know, figure things out. Hey, man, that's just the way it is. Exactly. They didn't give them a head start when it came to comfort level. I said on the show the other day, when I saw Steve Austin come out there on Raw, when I saw Taker come out there on Raw, I saw a different look in these men's eyes, almost a look of <clears throat> discomfort. Or if, or if not discomfort, wow, this is entirely too shocking to me because I've never been in this, uh, in this uh, you know, type of situation before. <clears throat> 
for the guys and gals in AEW, they might have been in that situation a year ago. Maybe That's not right. performing in front of an empty wow. arena, but in, in front of 10 people. It's very, you know, you know what? Um, Half that roster probably was performing in front of 10 people a year ago. And, and that's why it wasn't such a stretch for them. And, and, they, and they got it right from the opening, Cody's opening promo. What did I say about Steve Austin on Raw the other night, Dave? I said I, I, it was okay. It was what it was. I just wish Steve would have went out there and spoke to wrestling fans all over the world and basically gave a mission statement, a rah-rah speech, a feel-good speech. That's what I wanted to see Austin mm-hmm. do. We didn't get that. We got some kind of, you know, a little bit of a hokey skit with, you know, Byron and the rating and this and that. They did bring it home with the stunner and then Becky and Steve drinking. And that that was cool. But Cody goes out last night and basically gives that mission statement, doesn't he? Yeah, he. I mean, he did what the WWE did, and the WWE. And again, this is not a knock. This is the way they've done it. And you know what? I I can't fault him on it. But they kind of chose to ignore. It. Let's let's ignore what's going on, and let's go straight ahead, and let's just go on with business. But we're going to do it in front of no audience. Cody Rhodes, right at the beginning of the show, was that punch in the face. Hey, I, I'm going head on right here. Let's 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 let's. Let's address the big elephant in the corner of the room, and let's go right to it. And that's what Cody did last night on AEW. I I, I didn't see Dreamer. Did you? Oh, my God. I, I knew when I said it that that was what you were going to say. Unbelievable. Can't you believe said elephant, it. You said elephant in the room. Um, I like the fact that they addressed the elephant in the room, the Tommy Dreamer in the room, because it's entirely too big not to address in my wow. eyes. Uh, I like uh, exactly. How do I like my wrestling, Dave? With some realism. And what's more real than what's going on in the world today? I think to not acknowledge it is kind of treating your fan base as if they're not very savvy or not very smart. The fact that they did acknowledge it, to me, made the show very, very current. Not, I'm not saying that the WWE's way of doing it is wrong, because the WWE way has proved to be right for such a long time. But they went on as business as usual without ever mentioning this. The, the WWE wants to, wants to put a smile on your face while never reminding you of this very real bad situation that the world is up against. AEW decided to acknowledge this really bad situation the world is up against, tell you that we're all going to get through it together. Cody told you he's not living his life in fear, and we shouldn't live in our life in fear. And, oh, by the way, now we're going to entertain your balls off for two hours. And they did a phenomenal job. When we come back, Bully, let's dive into the moments that did happen on AEW. And, of course, we're going to get into NXT and get into the big WrestleMania 36 news. We'll do all that. When Bully and I are back right here, I'm Busted Open. If you don't know SiriusXM, then listen up. Commercial-free music plus sports, comedy, talk, and news. They have it all. A lot of people think you need a car to enjoy SiriusXM, but you don't. You can listen outside the car. Right now, you can get your first three months of SiriusXM outside the car for just $1. Just go to SiriusXM.com busted to see offer details and to subscribe. You can listen on your phone, at home, and online. That's SiriusXM.com busted. Offer available to new SiriusXM streaming subscribers. SiriusXM, no car required. 
a huge AEW last night. NXT completely different. And Bully, you mentioned it on social media last night on Twitter at BullyRay5150. Uh, two very, very different shows last night between AEW and NXT. NXT was obviously catering directly to their diehard fan last night. They went with a a great Gargano and Ciampa, you know, storytelling recap package to bring us forward on everything they're doing. I thought it was a smart move to go with the Balor versus, I'm sorry, drawing a blank here, Balor versus, uh, what was that, Gargano? Yes. Uh, uh, the 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 takeover match with with Balor and Gargano because if you're switching back and forth between the two shows and you're a brand new fan and you see uh, you see um, a crowd an audience on one show and no crowd and no audience on the other show it might encourage you to stop on NXT but NXT directly catering to their fan base last night. And Dave, we always talk about flipping back and forth between the shows and which show has you sticking and staying longer. Last night, it wasn't even, it it wasn't even close for me as a fan. Did I need to see the Gargano and Ciampa uh, package and deep storytelling and how we got here? Not really. I know how we got here. I didn't really need to see it again. Some people are going to say, well, then how come we needed to see the Royal Rumble again? Or how come we needed to see the Elimination Chamber again? It's because those are important stories leading into WrestleMania, and they're trying to bring the masses up to speed. Last night, they went in that direction. AEW, completely different direction. Fresh, brand new um, debuts of Matt Hardy, debuts of Brody Lee, the exalted one, the boys in the crowd, the way they shot it, the fun that everybody seemed to be having. For Christmas sake, MJF broke character twice and started laughing at ringside. I don't know if you people caught that or not, but talk about uh, you know taking lemons and making some of the best lemonade I've seen a wrestling company make in dire times. I, I honestly think that AEW did as great of a job last night with dynamite as the WWE did with SmackDown after nine 11. Yeah. And, and that's what it reminded me of bully. That's why when I say one of the most significant shows in my 40 years of watching pro wrestling, those are the two shows that I'm going to think of that made you like in fearful times when you really are not sure about what's going on. That was the same thing with that SmackDown after 9-11. You know, nobody else was performing. Nobody was performing in front of crowds. Our nation was very scared about what the next step was going to be in our society. And Vince McMahon put on that show and said, you know what? We're not afraid. We're going to move forward and we're going to give you our best. That's what AEW did last night. So when it's all said and done, it's going to be those two shows that I look back that are going to have the social impact like any other you know, in my 40 years of watching wrestling. And that's why, that's why it's hard to compare what we saw with NXT and what we saw with AEW. 
NXT was fine. I like what they did. That was more of like something that you would see on the WWE network building towards a uh, an, an NXT takeover. Hey, let's you know tune into like a you know a, a one hour documentary about Gargano and Champa as it leads to you know an NXT takeover. That's what that show was last night. AEW was significant. Uh, you mentioned like Stone Cold Steve Austin on Monday and that Monday Night Raw. That Raw brought a smile to my face. I had a smile from ear to ear while watching that segment with Stone Cold Steve Austin on Monday. I got to be honest with you, Bully. When I turned off my TV last night after watching AEW, I, I had a tear in my eye. Because that's how significant that show was to me. Because it made me forget everything that was going on. Ugh. I can't believe you said you cried. I did. Don't ever do I, that I admit while it. I'm on. If you want to if you want to say that when Tommy and Mark is on, that's fine. Don't ever admit you cried in front of me. I, I, I said I you, had man? a tear. I, listen, you know what? The fact that I'm actually saying it, it's easy to say it to Mark and to Tommy. You know how difficult it is saying it to you? And I'm saying it to you because that's exactly what happened last night. After the show was over, obviously, uh, checking out social media, uh, giving a couple of my thoughts, asking some questions, telling people about Busted Open today. A couple of the comments from the nation and fans all over the world said, well, now, well, now <laughs> fans, uh, now the WWE should allow their wrestlers to be in the crowd. What do you think of that, Dave? Yeah, you know, when you first brought it up, I wasn't sure about it. Um, but now after seeing it, and listen, people are going to say, well, they're copying AEW. If it's going to be in the same vein as what AEW last night, if it's going to add to the show, if it's if if they're not, they didn't take away from the matches at all, they added to it. Like when Jericho came out and you see like, um, you know, MJF singing along to Judas. When you see Sammy Guevara horribly, almost made me feel that I was a good singer. When you when you hear Sammy Guevara singing that, that added to the whole aura of what was taking place. As long as it's, as it's not a distraction, I'm all for it. But you know what's going to happen? The everybody in the wrestling world is going to say that they copied AEW. And I got to be honest, if the WWE were to go that route. I, I would have to agree because you had the opportunity to do it on SmackDown. You had the opportunity to do it on Raw. And you didn't have the foresight enough to, 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 to go ahead and pull the trigger. I'm not quite sure. Dave, what do you think? With what I got from AEW last night, which was such an incredible breath of fresh air, do you think that AEW is just really in touch with what wrestling fans need these days? Or do you think maybe the WWE is a bit out of touch with what wrestling fans want and need these days? Well, I'll say this, Bully, and you just said it, wrestling fan. AEW is in touch with the pro wrestling fan. WWE is a sports entertainment product. It means many different things. When you looked at AEW, they, they, all AEW cares about is the pro wrestling fan. 
when it comes to the WWE, they're thinking of all different stuff. Are they thinking of the wrestling fans? Sure, they're thinking of the wrestling fan, but they're even looking beyond that as well. So I think their their target audience is completely different. But last night we got the WWE's diehard pro wrestling fans with NXT, and we got no original pro wrestling. Is that in touch or is that out of touch? I don't know. I I can honestly say it's just a different direction. The direction they went in last night was not wrong. And if that was a standalone show, I would probably feel different about it. But when you compare it to the show that AEW put on last night, as a fan, which, and Dave, last night I'm watching as a complete fan because... Uh, my brain is inundated with all of this dog shit that's going on in the world that I needed something to get me away for a little while last night. And I didn't think that there was much that could get me away, and AEW did it. I've been in the wrestling business for close to 30 years now. I Pro wrestling shoots through my mind 24-7. Then everything that's going on in the world, my health, Velvet's health, my family's health, friends and family, and just feeling bad for everybody out there that's having to deal with this and the real-life consequences and scenarios that are going on there. And all of a sudden, for two hours, I'm laughing my ass off. Yeah, I'm entertained. Even that, even a couple of the things that were a little wonky, I didn't even care about because they hit on all cylinders last night. And I'm not talking about the product. I'm talking about the way the product was presented and what the product did for me emotionally. Forget about the matches. Forget about the spots. Forget about the wrestling. I think that those guys in the crowd and the way it was shot and the fun, they let their hair down. They, they said, you know what? Let's just grip it and rip it. People are not stupid. The, the, the fans know that it's kind of bad out there. Let's go out there. At the end of the show, like when Jericho picked up the mic right before Matt did his debut, he was riffing. You know, him talking to Brandy and, you know, Sammy Guevara saying, hey, baby, why don't you give me a call sometime? Almost reminded me of Mr. T. Hey, woman. Hey, woman. I bet you wait stay up all night thinking about what a real man's all about. You know, like that stuff to me was so good because there's no script. Just go out there and entertain people and and it'll work. And I think this goes back to Bully, the fact that AEW, you know, I forget about AEW Dark, you know, on, on YouTube and everything just this is their only AEW Dynamite is their show so all their focus and concentration is on Wednesday nights TNT 8 p.m. Eastern time it's not the same with the WWE and again this is not a knock on NXT but I think you know where I'm going with this when it comes to the WWE it's not on par with Raw and SmackDown when they look at Wednesday nights with NXT and I think the proof's in the pudding Because they put all their attention on what they're going to do with SmackDown, what they're going to do with Monday Night Raw, and what they had last night with NXT was prepackaged programming. And, and, and that's not saying it was a bad show. I thought that was a good buildup. And one of the knocks that people have on NXT is they don't do a good enough job of really building characters and personality. It's the wrestling show. 
When it comes to wrestling, they do a great job of what goes on in the ring. It's what happens outside the ring that seems to be a problem. So last night they delivered packages that built up Rhea Ripley, that showed more about Finn Balor and his road to NXT, and about the Gargano Champa story. They did a phenomenal job of doing that, but I think the hardcore NXT fan already knows all of that. So I think to them, it's almost like, well, we know this already. So maybe if there was some mainstream fans of SmackDown and Raw that didn't get the opportunity to watch NXT before, maybe that show brought them in. But for the fan of NXT, I think that might have done a better job of drawing them to AEW than to continue watching NXT last night. Like I said at the beginning of the show, I know the Ciampa Gargano story. Last night, I don't believe as a fan I needed to see this big recap package and sit-downs and new thoughts. I wanted to see some action. I wanted to see something that just made me... I didn't want to have to listen so intently. I didn't want to have to be dive so deep into a story. I, just, I feel like I'm being brought in so deep by everything else in the world that's going on right now. I think I just wanted to lay back and, you know... And just have some fun. And last night, I just wanted to see a bunch of high spots for the sake of high spots. And that's what I, you know, that's what I got at times. Just go out there and flip and dive and move and laugh and 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 have some fun. And and that that's what those guys did. And, and I'm I'm telling you, and this has nothing to do with being an AEW fan, a W versus a uh, Raw, SmackDown, NXT fan. I think you people know by now that you're going to get the most brutally honest takes from me every day on this show about how I felt as a fan uh, or how I believe about something as an, an analyst watching pro wrestling and tell you what things went right, what things went wrong, and how they could have done it better. I'm not saying at all. NXT did nothing wrong last night. I'm telling you everything that AEW did right. And I'm only giving my perspective. You know, so many times we have this conversation on a Thursday morning. Well, Dave, what did you think of the shows? You know, what did you watch first? And lately I've been going back and forth. And I admit, I said it on the air, that I thought last week that NXT had a much better show over AEW. I'll say this. Once I knew the direction NXT was going last night, I never went back to USA. I stick and stayed with AEW last night, Bully. Once I knew the direction that NXT was going in and that it was pre-packaged, my eyes never left AEW. I went back and watched NXT once AEW was over. They had me. They hooked me last night. And even going on social media, I didn't really see a lot of people tweeting about NXT. Everybody was talking about AEW. That NXT put a pre-packaged show that you could have aired at any time. AEW gave you a show that you had to watch from beginning to end. One. The number one. That's how many tweets I saw about NXT last night. I was floored by it. And I wasn't going to bring it up, but you just did. As I'm checking, you know, scrolling through the timeline last night during the shows, one guy said, I'm really enjoying NXT tonight. 
And that's cool. Good. Good for you. I'm glad you enjoyed it. The social media was dominated by AEW. What does Billy Corgan always say? You got to win the day. You got to win the night. You just got to win. AEW won last night and they won in spades. They really, really did. You're going to look back on this show as an important moment. And I want to get your take on something and maybe we'll do it when we come back. Two debuts last night. Brody Lee and Matt Hardy. I want to know which one you liked better and if they should have held off on one. All right. I like where you're going, Bully. We'll talk about that, and I'll tell you which one really shocked me and which one, like Bully just asked, like which one did I like more than the other and what one could they have held off? We'll talk about all that when Bully and I are back right here on Busted Open. This is Rick Camlin. Here, Tim Legler and myself react to the news that the NBA season has been suspended on Give and Go. You've got to put the brakes on it. Guys have to get tested, quarantined. Not talking about basketball, but talking about life and the impact of it on the great game that we love. It completely sucks. It's the only thing you can do. We really don't know ultimately when or if we're going to get basketball this season. Give and Go weekdays from 1 to 4 p.m. Eastern on NBA Radio Sirius 207, XM86, and on the Sirius XM app. You heard the news that Gronkowski tweeted out that he's going to be the host of WrestleMania. More details to come on SmackDown. But how about this, boy, that WrestleMania is going to be both Saturday and Sunday. Two nights of WrestleMania. Uh, Last night or yesterday when that announcement was made by Gronk, you actually screen capped it and sent it to me. And then I checked out the old Twitter machine and everybody was asking me about it. How do you feel about this, buddy? Do you like this? What do you think? I don't know. Blah, blah, blah. Listen, during these times, whatever works is cool with me. I'm going with the flow. They want to turn WrestleMania into a two-day event? God bless them. Good for you. I hope it works, and I hope people are entertained. That's it. I mean, am I happy about it being two days? Uh, Yeah, sure. Okay. I'm happy about it. Would I have been happy about it if it was one day chopped down to a three, four-hour event? Yeah. But I guess now it's going to be hard. Listen, if they were to do WrestleMania for seven hours in front of an empty arena, that would have been like pulling teeth. That would have been like a triple root canal. That would have been very, very difficult. Now we break it up over two days. Maybe both nights are three-hour events. Maybe they condense them. Um, So, yeah, I'm cool with it. And I'm sure the WWE, is, especially after last night, is going to do their damnedest to not only make their biggest show of all time have to feel special, but I think they're going to give fans something to talk about. And you know what? They have a little freedom here as well. What I mean by that is, you know, we're not getting NXT TakeOver, so maybe NXT is going to be more a part of WrestleMania. You know, maybe we do see some more matches from the NXT talent on WrestleMania. Why not? If it's going to be over the course of two nights and... And listen, maybe there's going to be stuff that's pre-filmed beforehand. Maybe not everything you see is going to be live. You got you have to be a little patient and understand the environment of what's going on. Like you said, Bully, there is no way you could have a seven, seven-and-a-half-hour show, a marathon on Sunday, April 5th, in front of no audience without any kind of fan interaction. That would be extremely difficult to do. But if you have a three, three-and-a-half-hour show over the course of two nights, 
people are going to be a lot more patient and they're going to and they're going to take the time out to watch that over the course of two nights. So I'm kind of happy the fact that you're instead of just one night, you're getting the two nights because I think right now, bully, we need it. Um, People were saying last night that AEW had the benefit of watching SmackDown and Raw and, and and seeing what they did quote unquote wrong, even though they didn't do anything wrong and fix it and make AEW right. Now WWE has the benefit of seeing everything that AEW did right and fixing it for WrestleMania. Um, and I, and I hope they do because I want to be able to come on this show after those two nights of WrestleMania and be absolutely blown away and say, despite the fact that everything is going on in the world, and, you know, the WWE had a gun to their head with their biggest show and no fans. Wow, they did a phenomenal job. I was entertained and um, and the wrestlers put their best foot forward as they always do. And they all tore the house down. I think the one thing the WWE can take away from what AEW did last night was what Billy Court, not Billy Corgan, I'm sorry, was what... Um, Nick Aldis said a long time ago, let the talent be talented. Just let those guys and girls go out there and do what they know how to do. Let them be themselves. Let them wrestle for themselves and their fans. Let them talk for themselves and the fans. That's what we got last night. Let's look at the beginning of AEW last night. When Cody talks, kind of sounds polished, right? A little bit, yeah. It's, it's, but that's off the top of his head. He's got a couple of bullet points he wants to hit, and then he says it. Let me ask you this. When Matt Jackson talked, did he sound polished? A little bit. A little, nah, bit. Not, A little bit. Not, not, not as much as Cody. When you hear Kenny Omega, polished? Kenny Omega didn't sound polished to me at all. <laughs> and that's what I like yeah. because Kenny's not great on the stick. Okay, Kenny's not known for his phenomenal promo cutting skills, but that's why I loved it because it's like Kenny is not the greatest talker, but we're still putting a microphone in his hand and we're just going to let him come across as Kenny. And however that is, it'll be genuine. And because it is genuine, our fan base will like it. We're not forcing words into him. That's what I want to see the WWE do. Let's not force anything on anybody's these days. Not Let's not have the Undertaker come out there and, and flip over a play school table. Let's not have Steve Austin come out there and, you know, say 316 means this while Byron Saxon is holding up cue cards. Like, was it was it okay? Was it good? Did it get the job done? Yes. Did it maximize the potential of those two superstars? In my eyes, no. I think AEW was able to maximize Every single one of their stars last night. And that's why you got a grand slam of a show. And I'm going to hold you to it. Which debut did you like better? Brody Lee or Matt Hardy? It, to, to me, it was it was Matt Hardy because of the shock and surprise. Because once we saw Brody Lee bully, I didn't think we were going to get Matt Hardy. So when I saw that droid come down. Vanguard I, one. Uh, they, I, Couldn't I, have been I, Vanguard I, 1. Vanguard 1 died, right? 
No, Van, no, but it was resurrected. Vanguard one was resurrected. But anyway, so I got I got the I got goosebumps because I I, I was wondering what happened to Matt. I'm looking on Twitter. You know, he had the free to delete video. Like now, I'm kind of looking into like, is this going to happen another day? Is this going to happen possibly next week? Maybe he swerved us with the young bucks. Maybe it's not happening at all. So. Man, when I saw Matt Hardy in the rafters, man, that that was, to me, a very, very special moment. I think Matt Hardy debuting last night in front of no people was just as impactful of debuting in front of a full house. It kind of fit Matt Hardy. Just seeing Vanguard fly in and then just hearing the piano. Now, was... Was Rebby there also playing the piano? I mean, that was definitely her music playing. I don't know if she was there, but I know that was definitely her, her, her work. That was definitely her playing the piano. I would have loved to have seen the, sh- the, the spotlight shine on Rebby playing the piano if she was there and then see Matt Hardy. Um, but the broken character... It works with no people there. It works with no crowd noise. It works with just the piano in the background. It actually fit his debut really, really well. And think about the pop that character will get the first time it's in front of an audience. So I had no problem with Matt Hardy last night. I It definitely worked. Look at social media. Look at what everybody's talking about today. And like I said last night, broken over woken. Now, Brody Lee, would you have held off on the reveal of the exalted one? I No. And because I really do feel, Bully, they go hand in hand. Because... I, th- the Matt Hardy debut was so significant because you didn't think you were going to get it because Brody Lee was already revealed as the exalted one. So for me, it go it goes hand in hand because you, you saw Brody Lee. And for me, I was like, awesome. This is, this is great. But for some people, they were a little disappointed. They were hoping it was going to be Matt Hardy. And because you saw Brody Lee, you never thought you were going to get that moment at the end of the show. Well, that's kind of like uh, that's really not my question. Do you think the 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 reveal of the exalted one could have been held off on the back burner for when the live crowds returned? I I guess so. I don't know if you needed the live. I don't know if it would have been more impactful with the live crowd like the Matt Hardy was. Though you just said it was impactful without a crowd. So I could be totally wrong on that. Um, I I had no problem with it. I, I don't think they needed to hold off one or the other. Because honestly, right now, Bully, who knows the next time we're going to get this show in front of a live crowd. So they obviously have things in place where they needed to do that last night. I think Brody would have benefited from the live crowd um, a lot more than Matt Hardy. I don't think Matt needed it at all. I think Brody could have definitely benefited from it. it. Do you feel like Brody Lee is the absolute best leader for this group? I mean, here's a guy that from day one in the WWE p- played the role of a follower. Yep. Now he's a leader. 
Well, I always thought when you looked at that whole family, when you looked at Rowan and then later on Braun Strowman, obviously the leader Bray Wyatt and Luke Harper, I always enjoyed Luke Harper's work more than anyone in that group. And I've been a fan of his and a fan of Brody Lee long before he even became a part of the WWE. And I actually thought when you looked at the Wyatt family, it was going to be Luke Harper, Brody Lee, that was going to be the breakout star and become the big singles competitor out of that family. And obviously they went in a completely different direction with Bray Wyatt. They never really used Luke Harper. I can't wait to see what Brody Lee can do as the leader. Like we said, we never really heard from him on the microphone much at all. We heard more from him last night than the years that he was a part with the WWE. It's a wait and see because we really don't know. All I can tell you, Bully, is I'm excited to see what the future is going to be for Brody Lee as the leader of this club. And obviously the Dark Order, with credibility-wise, took a huge leap forward after what we saw last night with Brody Lee. I understand why they might not have been able to have all of those dark order numbers in attendance, but I would love to have seen a hundred dark order guys in or surrounding the ring with their masks on. Um, Do you think Brody can be to the dark order what Bray Wyatt was to the Wyatt family? Yes, but you can take it a step further because you can take chances and have a little bit things that are a bit edgy that you couldn't do with the Wyatt family. For whatever reason, they were on the right track with the Wyatt family, and then it kind of went off the rails. I don't. I, I think you could be a little bit more confident with the Dark Order than you were ultimately with the Wyatt family. I think a lot of people really like that it was Brody Lee. I'm more excited for the opportunity that Brody is going to get to finally shine because if there's one thing that AEW does better than just about any other company out there right now, they are really in touch with their wrestlers. And the reason they're in touch with their wrestlers is because they allow their wrestlers to be in touch with themselves because nobody knows how to get over better than you do. And basically, uh, the people that are on the creative team over there are really um, honing in on certain people and asking them, what do you do well? What are your strengths? Let's put the spotlight on your strengths and hey what are your weaknesses because we can stay away from your weaknesses i think we're going to get all of matt hardy's strengths i think you're going to get all of brody lee's strengths and last night we saw all the strengths of aew coming together for what was two hours of a fun ride Thanks for listening. Catch us Monday through Saturday on Busted Open from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern on Sirius XM. Fight Nation, Channel 156. The Busted Open Podcast. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.